the group of people that you work with, everybody's got to show that they're willing to do anything. Right. And the, 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 for the young guy, the nothing is beneath them mentality is, is really, really important. We are back with another episode of Champion School. Champion School, where the greatest minds in the game sit down with us and have a nice chat. Today, we have Brian O'Connor, head coach at the University of Virginia. I am Ray McIntyre. That is BZB Austin Byler. How are you? I'm amped because we now have a tagline. Coach, <laughs> welcome to it. Welcome to it. There's been a tagline. It is in the inbox. We are ready to go. Let's roll, baby. I'm fired up about that, Ray. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Yeah. Give some daps to my boy up here. I don't know hey, if you guys yeah. can see that, Even but uh, big shout out to Mike. Uh, mutant printing, snarky cancer. Got my pop set up, hooked up officially, so I'm psyched on that. Uh, MLU is thriving. We are very, very busy with the schedule coming up. Uh, really excited about getting back. Well, you're getting back to NorCal. I live here, but you know, getting back to some of these smaller towns up here, uh, Maxwell, Wairika. I know Reno's a spot that we're going to be. K Falls, Tule Lake a little bit later in the year. Um, are you excited about getting back to NorCal? What else does MLU have coming up that the people need to know about? Yeah, super pumped to get back up to Maxwell. It's an awesome little town there and, and obviously close to your hometown and winners, which there's a great burrito truck there and taco truck. Man, <laughs> it is so fire. I yeah. got two burritos last time, I think. So I'm, I'm, I'm more excited for the food than anything. Uh, but no, we're pumped to get back up there. We'll be in Maxwell March 5th and 6th. We're going to run baseball and softball that weekend. And then we will be in Wairika the following weekend and then Casper, Wyoming the next. So March is going to be a busy month with some travel. It's going to be fun to get back on the road again with Coach Ray. It's been a long time yeah. since uh, Coach was out at uh, coaching with college baseball. So he was yeah. kind of on a little hiatus, wasn't able to get out there to the camps and clinics. So it's been a while since we've We've linked up for one of these, so it's going to be a lot of fun, man. We're super excited. And then uh, headed into the summer, man, we're trying to get the summer lined up and dialed in. We've got roughly seven, eight locations, maybe nine locked in. And now we're just kind of trying to fill in the months of June and earlier July. So uh, if you have a spot and a location you like and you want us to come out there, let's make it happen. If For those people that are trying to get involved or, or come to one of these camps or even see where all these places are, where do they need to go uh, to get signed up? MajorLeagueUniversity.com. We'll have all the information on there. We don't have the summer camp set up yet on there uh, for purchase, but we'll have those up here hopefully by the end of the month once we get some fields locked in for a couple of those. So that's where you'll go to find most. If you cannot find it there, just email us info at MajorLeagueUniversity.com and we'll point you in the right direction. Some of them might be through the organizations that we're putting them on with. So uh, if that does happen and you're looking for your spot, it's not up there, email us. And if you want to get involved and, and host something in your area, feel free to email us or message us on any social media platform and we will get back to you ASAP and get something lined up for sure. Yeah, we've been adding a lot of things on. Obviously the project Sandlot side where we're trying to balance this. Hey, we still have to make money on some major league university camps, but we're still going to be providing free camps for you know certain areas that need it and people that have reached out within that community. So uh, those things are taken off. If you want to purchase one of those and help out with the free camp side of things, or even bring one of those to your community. I know we've had a couple of people already lining things up that have purchased pobs and it's like, Hey, I bought this cartoon character and now I got a free camp in my, my area, which is cool. So if you want to get one of those projects, sandlotmint.com, we're actually in the 
the midst of rebuilding that website. MLU will also be getting a makeover in due time. So stay tuned for that. I think the other thing too, um, cool, we've been doing a little bit of updates on the social media side is uh, Linktree is, or actually link.bio is officially up in uh, Twitter. I think actually all of our socials, probably Instagram, TikTok, I think it's up on everywhere now. Uh, that's going to be a quick link. You'll be able to see all of our links and access that right away. So check that out. Um, and the other thing, uh, the subscribe to brand new Twitter has us uh, a blog post now. So it's going to be the same exact blog that you guys are getting weekly. If you are a subscriber to our newsletter, it's the weekend rotation. It comes out Monday mornings. Um, but if you're not, and you are on Twitter a lot, this is a good way to access it. Uh, it'll have every post moving forward now on there. So you'll be able to check it out uh, and you won't have to go into MailChimp or uh, into your mail to get that. So just a new way to get it, a uh, new access link. Uh, and that's going to be on uh, the Major League University Twitter, which is at Major University on Twitter, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> you can bobble that one. I know it's tough. So um, I think that's going to do it from the MLU side. Let's get into the good news of the week. Good news of the week. Uh, first of all, upcoming in two weeks, I believe from this time, we have some we have some great guests coming up on our, our podcast. It's JP. Get big time shout out to JP for lining up all these incredible guests. But Marissa Young is a head coach at Duke softball. She'll be coming up in, I think, two weeks um, after Bianca, who is a head coach in professional baseball, which is just incredible. So uh, check her out. But Duke softball off to a four and one start. They were out in your neck of the woods this last weekend. Um, big news. They won over OK State. I think they were number three or number four in the country. Uh, they lost the tight one to ASU at ASU walk off at home, uh, you know, a home field advantage. It's going to happen sometimes, but great start for Duke softball. And really excited to show the people that interview coming up. Um, you didn't get a chance to make it out, but the talk with Marissa was awesome. So uh, thoughts on Duke softball moving into the year. Yeah, you can definitely see why they're going to have a ton of success and will have success for a long time. She runs a great ship over there, has amazing assistant coaches, which I think really is the makeup of all great teams. It's not always just the head coach. It's the the whole entire coaching group and staff together doing things the right way. And everybody has some unique skills and gifts that they can bring to the table. So just hearing her dive into her coaching staff and the players that she has and the standards that she sets and the expectations and the mission and the vision, it's right up our alley. It's everything we love to talk about. And uh, there's no secret to why they're going to have a ton of success this year and they'll be creeping in to the top 10 if they're not there already. So um, we're pulling for them definitely. And it's a great interview. Look forward to it. Look out for it. It'll be on all the social media platforms all over the, the map. You'll be able to find it pretty easily. You, I read into their, their weekend. They had some girl on the team and she's a senior. She leads the, she, I think she holds the record for the school for home runs already. Uh, and she has another year, right? And she hit three this weekend. I think she she batted seven hundred and hit three taters. <laughs> it goes right. It doesn't hurt. Like, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> you know? Do we move the fences? I don't know. Who knows? Um, <laughs> so that's number one. Number two, and this is going to be a little more global. It's on the the uh, global scale with global sports. Uh, Sangal wins the African Cup of Nations, and let me tell you why that's important. They won 4-2 over Egypt, uh, and it was an extra time game uh, that went to penalty kicks. Uh, but the guy that kicked the winning penalty kick, his last name is Mane. I'm sure I mispronounced that, but it's Mane. Kicks the, kicks the game winner and has had an incredible year. Um, this is why it's important. Mane, in the 
first round of playoffs or whatever, goes to the hospital, uh, has his like a you know, concussion or something while he's in the hospital, a boy pulls into the ER next to him who got hit by a motorcycle or in some crazy accident. Mane pays for that kid's all of his bills to make sure he's good. Right. And he, as he's getting out of the hospital, he also that you know, that week flew in 50 people from St. Gall because they can't afford it to come watch this whole event. Um, and, and they took care of that. And then he comes up and he kicks the game winner. Um, I just I'm a firm believer in good things happen to good people, uh, even if it doesn't happen right away. Uh, it always comes back around. But I was just so jacked on hearing that. Like, I don't watch a ton of soccer. I know that's the biggest sporting event in Africa at any point at any during the year. So for them to make that happen and bring in all those people, those Sangalese people into watch, it's just so awesome. So well, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that's incredible. I never even knew that there was a tournament out there. <laughs> so I got to, yeah. maybe I need to get more cultured, but that sounds amazing, man. And just his impact to be able to pay for the kid next to him and then bring people in. I mean, that just shows his selflessness and uh, how that gets rewarded in the future. So pretty cool story that he gets to kick the game winning goal too. I mean, out of everybody, he wins the game. Like that's yeah. such a great ending to a, to a story there. So I think it's awesome. I love what he's doing and what a great impact he's made on those people's lives for sure. Changed their lives forever. A hundred percent. And, and I, I, one quote stands out and I'll, I'll read this before we kick it into the interview, but he said, why would I want 10 Ferraris, 20 diamond watches or two airplanes? Uh, I built schools, a stadium. We provide clothes, shoes, food for people who are extreme in extreme poverty. I prefer that my peers, people receive a little of what life has given me. That's just like, that guy's a winner, you know? Dude, throw so. it on a can before us. Let's go get that That's up and right. flowing, dude. It's that is out. legendary. It'll be out. So, wow. uh, yeah, we'll we'll pull that up. I'll probably make a four-part piece, uh, throw it up on the Instagram before <laughs> 11 o'clock today. So um, on it. let's get into the interview again. Brian O'Connor, uh, you had already mentioned it, and, and we'll tap into it a little bit right in the interview, right at the start, because I think you just kind of rolled through it. But mm. his resume... <laughs> just ridiculous <laughs> i know i know um i think i guess the highlight would be the 2015 world series championship but he is he and his teams had made multiple runs to the world series which is hard enough to get to at, at any point anyways and i think three or four 50 game seasons that you had mentioned a couple of times which is just wild so um without further ado let's dive into this thing coach o'connor What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Champion School. We have a very special guest today, University of Virginia's head baseball coach, Brian O'Connor. And coach, we usually don't dive into the resumes right away, but I got to read off some stats for the people listening to this because this is just impressive, man. And I know it's probably not all about you, right? But this is just a great testament to what you guys have done there. So reading the bio, man, I'm looking at it and it says five-time ACC coach of the year, three-time national coach of the year, which is so impressive to me. Um, the stat that stands out to me the most out of all of this is 450 win seasons. I mean, it's hard to win college baseball games in general, but 450 win seasons, 14 straight NCAA tournament appearances from 04 to 17, uh, and then five college world series appearances, which is what we all want to do. And obviously 2015, the champions uh, got to meet some of those guys out there in pro ball for a little bit too. So um, coach, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing today? 
Great, Austin. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor. Uh, I'm excited to get a chance to sit and talk with you guys a little bit. Um, thanks for that great intro. It, uh, you know, it speaks to good players, right? Mm. Uh, great, great players. Uh, talent certainly solves a lot. And we've been fortunate here over the years at the University of Virginia to have some uh, really skilled players, but also, you know, a group of guys that, you know, were about the group uh, rather than themselves. And, you know, we've had some special, pretty special ball clubs. So um, I appreciate that introduction. I've been fortunate to be here starting on my 19th season at Virginia, and it's a special place. And certainly you've met some of our guys out there in pro ball that uh, have, have taken their, their talents to the next level. And so proud of all those guys and just proud to be the coach. And I'm looking forward to uh, chatting a little bit today. It's it's amazing to to see it because on the outside you're like man there's like what are they doing like what's the secret sauce like how do you keep winning obviously there's talented players uh, but before we even dive into that what is kind of like your story and background now getting into coaches or getting into coaching what really led you to have that passion for coaching who inspired you to get into that and then what's kind of led to some of this longevity to continue this path well uh, thanks for asking obviously we all all are impacted by people in our lives that help shape and mold and what we do along, you know, certainly along our journey. I, I, I was fortunate, I played college baseball at, at Creighton University. My college coach that recruited me and coached me for my first two years uh, was a gentleman by the name of Jim Hendry. Uh, Jim is currently the um, assistant general manager at the New York Yankees. Prior to that, he was the general manager uh, of the Chicago Cubs for a decade. Um, and so, you know, prior to that was used with the Florida Marlins. But Jim uh, recruited me to Creighton in 1991. We played in the College World Series. He was the head coach. And, and he just, he, he changed my life, Austin. He, he, he made such a profound impact on just the way I thought, not just about the game and the way I approached the game, but, you know, just life and, you know, how you can influence other people and what it takes to just really get after it and work hard. And Jim was a, an example to me that if you get out there and you grind and you work hard and you deal with young men the right way and run a great program, what you can accomplish. And here he, as the leader of Creighton's program, when he was the head coach, took Creighton to the College World Series, and who would have ever thought that that could happen? Well, this man did it, and I watched it happen and saw the blueprint for it and said, as I matriculated through college and ended out graduating, got a chance for one year to play in the Philadelphia Phillies organization, got my undergraduate degree in business, I sat there and said, you know what? I want to do what Jim Hendry did for me. And I thought it was such a cool job. You can have such an impact on young men. So when I decided to no longer play baseball, um, the, the pitching coach job was open at my alma mater. Uh, Jack Dom was the head coach at that time. He hired me as his pitching coach. I was, I was 22 years old, right? And I was coaching guys on pitching that I had lived with the year prior. They were my teammates. It's the most challenging year of my coaching career, right? And so I had to draw the line of coach and, and you know teammate friendship. And so fortunate that Jack gave me that opportunity there to learn as a young pitching coach. After a year there, I left and became the pitching coach and the recruiting coordinator uh, for Paul Maneri at Notre Dame. Paul was at the Air Force Academy. 
he got the head coaching job at Notre Dame and he hired me as a top assistant to do the pitching and recruiting. I was 23 years old and stayed with Paul for nine years. Um, got the job here at Virginia when I was 32 as the head coach. And, and uh, I'll tell you, the two, uh, other than my father, the two biggest mentors in my life are Jim Hendry and Paul Maneri. You know, J Jim taught me as a player the blueprint to being a successful college baseball coach and running a program. And then I got to have the office next to Paul Maneri for his first nine years at Notre Dame to, you know, take it that next level as a coach to see what it takes to deal with the players the right way, to run a first-class top-notch program. And I'm forever grateful to those two guys. And that ultimately landed me here 18 or 19 years ago, um, and have been here ever since and just fortunate to be here. So that's a little bit of my backstory and the, the people that in the game of baseball, there's a lot of other ones, but um, you know, those two guys, Jim Hendry and Paul Maneri made the biggest influence with me because I was in, in the dugout with them and got a chance to see firsthand uh, what you can actually do as a college baseball coach. It's absolutely incredible. And I know for Ray and I, we love hearing stories of, of who's made an impact in our lives. Like kind of where's those opportunities at? Something we always tell our teams is like, hey, life is full of opportunities. Are we ready for them? Are we going to make the most of them? And seeing how you had a first seat, like firsthand seat to the blueprint for success right there. Of like, here, here's how you do it. Here's how you treat people. Here's how you run a program at a, such a young age, man. It's incredible to hear. Um, and diving into that now for you, obviously going into your 19th year here at Virginia, you've had so much success. We just read off the numbers but for you and your coaching staff what goes into building a successful program because we have a lot of young coaches out there that are listening to this that are really intrigued and, and they're looking to build up their programs whether it's high school college even professional baseball and um, what really goes into that what are some maybe some ingredients that you use to help build up your program for so long with all the success well you know I, there's there's a lot that goes into it right we can talk talk about acquisition of talent and we can talk about a lot of things but it first starts with us right it starts with the leaders of the program you know us as coaches and you know so you know maybe some qualities that it takes for you know a coach for for people to be effective at a and successful at a at a really really high level I mean, it, this is easy to be said, but I don't take it for granted, guys, is that that's you, you got it. You got to put the time in. I mean, you have to be relentless if you want to be a successful coach. And there's different levels of coaching. Right. But if you want to be a, a successful college baseball coach, it's just, it's nonstop. It's got to be this, you know, relentless pursuit of excellence that and it and rarely do you get a chance to turn it off. Right. And so, you know, hard work matters. It matters. The people that are successful um, in anything that they do, in my opinion, they, they just don't stop. Right. They out they outwork their their competition. Um, you know, they are. I'd say another thing is to be successful. You got to be willing to do the small things. You know, the old saying that there's nothing beneath you. You know, you got to have that kind of attitude, whether you're the leader of the program as the head coach you're an assistant, you're an operations person, whatever it is, the group of guys, the group of people that you work with, everybody's got to show that they're willing to do anything, right? And the, 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 for the young guy, the nothing is beneath them mentality is, is really, really important. Um, you know, and then I think, 
you know, ha- having a, a, an ability to be a strong communicator is important. You know, right now I have 37 players under our direction. We have uh, uh, 10 staff members. So our, you know, our t- entire organization with student managers just creeps over 50 people. And uh, you better reorganize, you better be a good communicator, right? Because those people are counting on you. And um, so in order to do that, you got to you got to put the work in and you got to put the time in to be able to communicate with them, um, you know, uh, effectively. You know, another thing I'd say, Austin, is that, um, you know, as a young as a young coach or working on a staff of people, loyalty is the is the number one thing for me. You know, um, I got to believe the other coaches got to believe that the. The, the people to their right and left uh, are going to stay true to them. You know, we might not always agree with what the right thing to do is maybe teaching this particular thing or making this decision with the team at a particular time. But when we walk out these doors and we are, we're with the players, things like that, we're a unified group. Right. And, and I, t- I tell the players this all the time, nothing will tear apart an organization quicker whether it be on a coaching staff and support staff or whether it be within the players of the team or collectively as the entire group, nothing will tear us apart quicker than disloyalty, right? If we have players talking behind the coach's back or coaches talking behind the other coach's back or players behind players, I don't care what level of talent we have. We don't have a shot. So I think that's important for good, for young coaches to learn that all of those things that I'm talking about are, they're, they're, they're vital to be success, successful, but when you're working with other people, you know, while you're there, loyalty is, is, is critical. And those are just a few of the things that, that I think that it takes for, for somebody to be successful in, in, in this profession. It's really good. And, and I'll ask one more question before I kick it off to Ray, but um, I love the fact about the communication, right? I think all great leaders are really good communicators and they just clear things up out of the air, right? They just let you know right away up front and they keep things crystal clear. And the loyalty piece too of, of buying into the program, something we do. So we go around the country working with athletic programs, um, all different sports, right? Teaching mindset, leadership, and culture. And um, it's really fun to see because you get to see different programs from the college level to the high school level to even some youth travel levels. And you can tell the differences between the successful programs who have had that longevity or are going to versus the teams that are always kind of floundering and just kind of average, right? And I see a lot of it with the athletes buying into the coaching staff. So I guess the follow-up to that is like, how do you help your athletes or how do you get your athletes to buy into the philosophy? Because you're recruiting some of the best players. So when you're some of the best players, there's got to be the draft as a distraction. There's obviously the off the field distractions. There's a lot of things that are in, in these athletes ears. Um, how do you kind of just close the door on that and get them to buy into the philosophy uh, of your program and of your coaching staff? And, and maybe it's through that loyalty and communication, but just to get that buy-in from the player side of things. Yeah, well, Austin, there's a lot that goes into that, as you know, and it starts, hey, let's be honest, we're, we're recruiting a lot of these kids when they're 14 and 15 years old now, right? I mean, we're getting kids that the elite level of college baseball is getting kids to commit to the, the programs when they're freshmen and sophomores. Mm-hmm. So the relationship starts then, you know, and I always look at acquiring the player that that's, that's just the beginning right? Um, That's not the end. Okay, we got the player. Now let's move on. That starts the relationship. So it's incumbent upon me and the rest of our staff to start to build that culture 
as they're moving through high school to continue to communicate with them on how our team's doing, how, how things, things that are happening. I, I, I actually send them a lot of leadership type stuff when they're in high school and things we're doing. So they, when they enter the program, they've got a good, strong foundation for what we believe in. So that's on us, right? That's on us to, to connect with them. So that when they get here, they understand, Hey, this is the, 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 uh, the level of expectation and the culture of our program. And then what you do is you get them in the program and then you expose them quickly to the guys that have already learned it and are living it. Right. I, I look at our team last year as an example, we have this run to this magical run to Omaha. We won six elimination games in the regional and super regional. And we have half of our team back from last year. Well, those, those half that club that's back, the wisdom that they can impart on these new guys that are in the program, the transfers, the new freshmen that are in here is significant. It sounds different and sinks in different when they hear it from them, uh, you know, a teammate than it even does from us. We have certainly a huge responsibility in it, but it's also, you know, internal that, you know, teammate to teammate, former players. I, you know, we have a bunch of guys in pro ball, that are, that are currently play, playing pro ball that are back here working out with our guys. For our players, our new guys, to see them and have small conversations with them about you know, their experience here and the things that are important and the lessons that they learned are so, so valuable. So that's how you do it. And, and when you have a good program and you have a good culture, in my opinion, it's just, it's just passed down, right? And it transcends from you know, one year to the next. Um, you know, and so th those things live on and they're, and they're passed on. And, you, you know, you know, you've met some of our guys out there and then you hear from those guys, hey, what was it like at Virginia? You know, you said it earlier, what's that special sauce that's happened at this program versus somewhere else? And um, those really great programs that that's that's what they have. And so it takes a lot of work. You know, like you said, the, the communication, I just believe that, you know, effective and successful people. Let me tell you, when they're effective and successful, they get very frustrated with people who don't value communication, Oof. right? And so you as the leader and as the leaders of the program, the coaches and things like that, we, we've got to go out of our way to make sure we communicate with them constantly. What are our standards? What are our expectations? And that starts when they're 15, man. Oof, that's really good. And kind of building it up, right? You're just kind of building up. I love that you send them some leadership stuff too, to just kind of equip them. So now they're coming in at this higher level. They kind of expect what they're going to get when they get there and they know what they're going to get. But Ray, I'll kick it off to you, man. Yeah, coach, you had talked about some of those players. Your, your team was so fun to watch in that postseason run last year. Um, uh, one guy that clearly popped up a lot was Steven, and I don't want to botch his last name, but Shooch. Is that it? Shock. Shock. Okay. <laughs> Can you break down Stephen for us? He, he reminded me a lot of uh, Robbie Medell when I was at Arizona. Very uh, outspoken young man. <laughs> well, um, I love Stephen. He made a huge impact in our program. He was a he was a transfer here to come to graduate school. His first year was the COVID year, and then uh, last year was his his full year uh, with us. And you know, he, he, he was, uh, they're all different. You talk about mindset, right? Um, you, you all brought it up earlier. There's, I mean, I, I just don't believe there's one mindset. I, I've never believed that we can sit a guy, an entire team in a room and say, 
this is mindset and this is how we react, right? They're all different. They're humans, right? They're, they, what inspires Stephen Schock might be different than what uh, inspired Andrew Abbott. And they both completely went about their business different ways and handled situations differently. Stephen would punch his, himself in the head, right? <laughs> Andrew would take deep breaths and calm down. And there's not one right way. It's our job to help teach them different ways to, to, to manage it, right? But um you know, they're all individuals and Steven certainly was. I loved it. He had great spirit. He, you know, took his abilities and got the absolute most out of them. You know, when I saw him for the first time ever, when he closed a game for us and he took his glove and threw it in the outfield after, I was like, <laughs> so awesome. oh my gosh, what do we have here? Because that, I, I got to tell you guys, that's totally against my old school way I learned it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, but I'm sitting here saying, what am I going to do about it? Okay. I have a choice as the leader of the program. I can take away part of what is him and who he is as a person, or I can accept it and try to mold it into something that's reasonable. And, you know, and, and as, as it turned out, the team fed off of it. And, you know, that's, 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 that's that little extra that gave him something, an edge to compete, you know, and the way he was on the mound, the way he came into the game. You know, I used to have a, a facial hair and a hair in the back rule, right? And <laughs> yeah. that went out years ago because yeah. they're just – I got it. I, 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 when I got into coaching, I treated them all the same from this standpoint and said, hey, this is the way we're going to look. This is kind of the Yankee way or this is our way, Right. And I've just, over time, I have figured out that, in my opinion, the best way is to treat them. It's a team. It's a team game. We're all in the same unit trying to accomplish something, but they're all individuals. And I've got to, I've got to handle them that way as long as it's within the framework of the, te of the team. And Steven's a great example of that. He got the absolute most out of his ability, and he absolutely left it all on the field for the Virginia Cavaliers. Those, those have always been my favorite guys to watch and root for because, you know, as a coach, you're going to get the same guy every day, right? Versus somebody whose ceiling might be super high, but it's a roll of the dice sometimes with them out there. Um, well, Ray, Ray, I'd say this about Steven, right? You're, I'm with you. I love those guys because what you can say about those guys is I, he, he can walk away from here. And he, he can believe that he got the absolute most out of his ability. And what a thing to say for the rest of your life. No regrets, right? And I really, I hope he can go on. And because I, I shared this with him, because I really believe this, him and other players that when you can walk away from the game and know that you left it all in the field and you did everything you do, man, what a feeling. Then you can just move on to the next chapter of your life. I love those guys too, man. That's right. Uh, I'll give you one more before I pass it off to buy, but 2015 uh, we had a lot of time to watch because we were at Nevada and we, we, we were watching a lot of postseason that year. Um, but the one memory that lives in my mind is uh, you guys win it and it, you immediately turn to your coaches and you, you guys have this big hug uh, with you and your staff. And like, that's burned into my brain. Can you just, just explain that moment and what it meant to you and the school as it being the first national championship in baseball for you guys? Oh boy. You know, I'll tell you where it starts, Ray, is, is, you know, that group of staff members we had, 
um, Kevin McMullen, who's still with me, um, he's still on our staff as our hitting coach and recruiting guy. And then Carl Kuhn was our pitching coach at the time. You know, we all started that first year together. I hired those two guys and they were loyal. They were still, still with me here. And to ultimately reach that mountaintop and win a national championship, I just think about all the hours that were spent in the office, all the recruiting, everything that goes into having the opportunity to accomplish that. And sadly, there's so many of us in coaching that never get to accomplish that. You know, don't, don't even make Omaha, right? We know how hard that is, but to cap it off with a national championship, I know the amount of endless hours and the care and the work that, that, that our coaches and our staff members put into helping that happen. You know, the, the players, they put in a ton of time. We all know that, right? But they're there for a period of time, three or four years, right? These guys have been there, have been there for a long, long time, and there had been a lot that had been built to allow that moment to happen. So just incredibly rewarding. And to know that particular year, right, how, how we did it, Right. And, you know, the, you know, the, the year before our team was so talented and Vanderbilt beat us in the last game and to our journey that year in 15 to ultimately cap it off with the national championship, just, you know, you know, the, those are the guys that you, that you want to share it with. Such an incredible experience, man. And obviously that's a, a childhood dream for all of us. I remember going to that Omaha tournament when I was 13 and watching Cal State Fullerton, ASU, and they had the Beezer bats back in the day. And I'm like, I want to go here and hit so badly. Like, just let me get in Rosenblatt and, and go out here and dominate. But um, unfortunately in that 2015 season, we got a little snubbed. We got a little snubbed. We, we won't dive into that. We won't open the box. I'm not okay. Kidding okay. Uh, we're still bitter, but uh, we won't show it. Uh, I'm kidding, Coach. Yeah, but, it sounds um, like you have still some open wounds there. So. <laughs> yeah, I need therapy, Coach. I got to go. I got. I need a therapist or something to talk to. But um, uh, I think as we start to kind of get to, to the end of this, Coach, I love the fact that like just seeing the passion in your eyes, man, and seeing how you guys treat your players and how you treat your coaching staff. Um, and, and for guys like Ray Mack, man, I mean, remember Ray, he – the next year at 2016 gets the college world series. They get in the championship game and unfortunately lose. Right. Sorry, Ray, but it was just a great, like watching your journey and seeing all the blood, sweat, tears, all the time that you put in all the sacrifices you make from your family and financially for some guys too. It's incredible when that all comes together, but um, you've had so much success. You've had so many professional athletes, uh, some really talented players, obviously some incredibly talented teams winning over 50 games. What still drives you, coach? Like, what is that that driving factor? What motivates you every day to still get up and give it your best, even though you have had some past successes? Yeah, so uh, um, just to let you guys on a little inside team um, building stuff, we're in the process right now in our preseason uh, of having each staff member and each player, a few of them every day at the end of practice, st stand in front of their our group and do a team share and they actually answer three questions. The second question that they answer is their why. Mm. Why do they do what they do? Why do they play baseball? What's their inspiration? And I think it's important when we're talking about culture and we're dealing with you know, young men in a, in a group that we all understand where we, where are we coming from, right? And what, what, what motivates us? And you know, I can tell you for me that like, you, you brought up the national championship, man. I, 
uh, you know, I'm licking my lips. I want another <laughs> crack at one of those. Certainly that that's a motivator, but you know, it's, it's really why I really, why I got into this, this, this business. And that's the impact that you can have on people, right? The impact that the way they think, the way Jim Hendry impacted the way that I think as a player and as a person, the profound impact that you can have on a coach as a coach to a player now that might end up being having a 10 year career in the big leagues. That would be wonderful. Most of them, it doesn't. Most of them you're, you're impacting the way they think, the way they attack things, their competitiveness, the way they tr treat teammates, the way they rise up in challenging situations. It's learned. And that's the opportunity you have is to teach and develop young people. Now I'll also say there in any of us, right? There, there's a little bit of an ego. Okay. And I think you, to be successful, there's got to be a little bit that drives you. And that is like, I love building something, right? Mm -hmm. I love make continuing to make it better. We have more work to do here. And finally, like, you know, I, I'd share with you, I think to be successful, you can't be afraid to make difficult decisions. And I am still inspired by not only helping our young men, having the greatest experience they can be, but I'm still inspired about making decisions. I love it, right? I love making decisions. Who's in the lineup? What do you do here then? How do you handle this situation? You know, what are we, what are we doing right now with NIL? And what are we doing with all the things that are happening in the landscapes of college athletics? And what are we going to do when our program to cry, try to create an advantage and do things to build it and make it even better. That's what gets me up every morning, impacting young people and building something to make it better. So good, man. It's so good. And so something that pops up in my mind, coach, obviously you're a really good coach because you've had the success, right? You've had great assistance, but even a better person, right? So genuine, authentic, and just truthful and honest. And you can see it, it shines through the screen. So Ray, do you got the little game? You got the the we game can ready? do it. We can do it. We'll get you on out of here. Five, five oh. minutes in and out. Uh, yeah, and, we got uh, a game. We got yeah, a little game. Right. We, we did is... not prep you for it. <laughs> we <laughs> like to brief. see how people adapt on this thing. And I, I think you're going to be okay. So uh, it's called on it or off it. We're going to go through a list of 10 things. Uh, you're going to tell me you're on it. You're for it or you're off it. It's not really your thing. And a quick one sentence as to why. Okay. okay, we're going to hit you with the same list. Coach Strickland over there at UGA got. So we're going to call this <laughs> in a little bit. Uh, number one, pineapple on pizza. I'm on it. Oh, yeah. Why? Not, not all of it. I, 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 I enjoy every now and then a Hawaiian pizza. Not on all my pizza, but just every so often. I don't mind a little bit of pineapple on it. Love it. Uh, ice skating. Uh, off of it. I mean, I've done it before, but, um, you know, so yeah, I'm off. Okay. Uh, OO breaking balls, pitching coach. Oh, breaking balls. Um, you know, I, I, I'm on it because, you know, you have to, if you can't do that, okay, if you can't do that at critical moments at an elite level, I mean, we see it at the highest point in our game. If you can't, you know, spin it from, now and then, you know, oh, oh, then you're, you're going to have a tough time being successful. That said, the best pitch in the game of baseball is the fastball. It yeah. will always be the fastball because everything works off the fastball. But my opinion is you better be able to do that at times. You want to have a success at an elite level. 
Love it. Uh, Ted Lasso, have you seen it? I have, yes. I actually just started uh, watching it two weeks ago with my uh, wife. Um, we, I got a new iPhone, right? I thought it, and with it came Apple Plus free for three months. Let's so go. we jumped on it, and that's been the one thing that uh, we have, and I, I enjoy it. I think it's funny. In today's day and age in television, to be able to have a show that you can sit there and, and laugh at and, and also have some lessons in it, love it. Yeah, I hear you. Um, Cracker Barrel, the restaurant. On it, yeah. Um, you know, we we take our guys sometimes when we're on the road to a you know a big breakfast or something like that at Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel. So um, I'm on it. We don't have it here in Charlottesville. So when we travel in the South and things like that, every now and then we'll hit that Cracker Barrel. Very nice. Jeopardy. Off of it. Uh, <laughs> no, you it's know, a hard off. Yeah, that's a hard <laughs> off. I just. Um, Maybe I'm just not qualified enough to answer many of the questions, yeah. right? And so it's just, uh, you know, hey, I was a guy that made it through school. I didn't, uh, there you go. You know, so I, I don't know many of those answers. Thanks. <laughs> we don't all excel in all areas. It's okay. Um, expanding the regionals to 32 host sites. Uh, I'm, I am absolutely on it okay i think if we're going to grow our game of baseball we need to grow it in more areas uh, we see we have seen over the last decade some of the schools that have gotten into the college world series and i think it's really great for baseball they've been able to build their programs and things like that i think this is one way to do it to be able to have postseason baseball on 32 campuses would be huge i tell you that because 18 years ago, the University of Virginia, our first year here, hosted its first regional, right? It was the first regional ever in the history of the state of Virginia. And being able to host a regional on this campus, what that did for our baseball program and building it and to sell it out. And then the next year, we had to add more stands and things like that. If you want to grow it, I think this is an important part. I also believe that our game of baseball is played in a three-game series. So I think we should do anything we can grow the game and get it to a three game series I like it uh, Top Gun the movie um, on it you know I, I, I remember watching it as a youngster you know um, you know Maverick and whoever Goose and all the rest of them um, so yeah I'm on it okay. uh, last two Chick-fil-A on it um, you know we eat a lot of it on the road, you know, traveling down the road and, and grabbing it here and there. I, I like their, their salad with chicken in it. Um, been trying to eat a little bit healthier lately. My wife and I, since the fall, have been on this paleo kick, so I can I can get there and get a salad and, and uh, get a little grilled chicken and, and uh, make good, healthy decisions. So thanks. Wait, last one. Yeah. Um, Joey Burrow and the Bengals winning the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Um, I love what he's doing. I love, yeah. I, I mean, I love it. I love the bangle. You know, I love it, but um, I just, I just think the, uh, the Rams are going to be too much. So I would Respect. love to see them do it though. 
Yeah, love it. Great job. Go ahead, bye, wrap it up. No, it's going to be a great game. And there's so many lessons that we can learn, too, from discipline, from leadership, from culture. Just watching the NFL playoffs, man, I love watching every sport to just see those things and then relate them to our players. But, Coach, incredible episode, man. This has been a ton of fun hanging out with you. Um, We definitely appreciate your time. We know you're so busy right now getting ready for the season, but we send you guys nothing but love and blessings going into this year. And uh, if there's anything that we can do on our end to send some support and some love from from the West Coast, we're all in, man. So uh, good luck this year, Coach. We appreciate you taking the time with us today. And uh, best of luck this spring, man. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. And and uh, let me know if I can ever do anything. I'll do. Thanks, Coach. Thank Take you. care. Right. See you guys. All right. We're back. Coach O'Connor, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, the time that you took to sit down. And uh, I felt like, I mean, we were, what, two weeks away from the start of season. Now we're much closer. But we're two weeks away from the start of season for you to – set aside 45 minutes of your time and, and just break it down uh, was just so awesome. Uh, what'd you think about the interview with coach O'Connor? That's one of the most impressive things about the last five, six, I don't even know how many guests we've had this last month or so that we've been interviewing. And, and now the people see him later on, but we get them all kind of in within weeks of each other and them being able to take out the time of their day to just sit down with people that they don't even know, or it's not like we have that personal contact with them and, chop it up and be honest and be vulnerable and be open and share their stories and share what's on their heart is just incredible. So I think that was a huge piece. There's no secret to why they've had so much success. Once again, like he just gets people to be the best that they can, but I love the fact that he's had some challenges throughout his life when he was growing up and and all those types of things that have led him to this position and opportunity for what he's doing now at Virginia. So uh, it's awesome to watch it, man. I love what he's all about. I love the mindset and I love how he gets his players to get the most out of each one of them. And they all have different gifts. He said something about that one dude, you might've mentioned it in there. It was like the, uh, the guy who's like super energetic and like really pumped up or whatever, but he's like, dude, let him be him. Like that's him. Let him be him. Yeah. Um, he's, I think when I was listening to it, the one thing I took was his coaching staff meant so much, you know, like it's, it's never, I've done it by myself, but like all these people have made this happen and they have a crazy sized staff at UVA. Um, And then the other thing, I mean, he's born in Omaha, Nebraska and like full cycle comes back to Omaha after coaching at Creighton. Like he's, he's all had all these little stops and come back and to have like that whole story, but kind of wrapped up. And then to see him like itching to get another one, you know? Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Really excited about this interview. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it um, and excited to sit down and speak with them next time. Uh, you know, following him and coach Strickland with UGA, obviously our boys at, you know, UC Davis, LSU, USD. Like we have a lot of people we're going to be tracking this year for college baseball, but excited to see them get this thing off because all of those schools we just mentioned have great leaders at the top. So um, that's going to do it for us. Any, any, any last words for the people before we get them out of here, BZB? Where, where, if they're trying to get involved, do they need to go? I go to majorleagueuniversity.com. You'll see everything there. Or go to our Twitter page. It's probably the easiest one to access, uh, at Major University. Just type in Major League University on Google. You'll find something on there. Hopefully it's good. And <laughs> Go ahead and click and go down the rabbit hole. YouTube is a great option, too, if you want to see all of our past interviews, uh, any just limited edition content that we have out there, some little clips from any speaking engagements or camps that we have, even just some, some free content that we're throwing up there, too. So make sure to check out the YouTube page. And don't forget to click subscribe. There you go. <laughs>